to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and on the other line, she is in self-quarantine, our Miami Hurricanes beat writer for the Miami Herald, Susan miller Degnan. How's it going, Susan? It's going well. I guess not self-quarantine. I shouldn't say that. That makes it sound like you have the coronavirus. Uh, you're socially yeah, no. dist- we're socially distanced, I would say, right now. Yeah, there you go. That's better. <laughs> um, so what have you been up to in well, this new I've world? Been, uh, I've been organizing all my stuff from, like, the last football season, which, you know, took uh, about 10 hours <laughs> at least. I've been taking a couple walks, which is uh, amazing. Um, and uh, just, uh, you know, doing a lot of thinking. Yeah. yeah it's How been, about you? It's been weird. Uh, I've watched a couple movies. I've been... Uh, Finally playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order for my Xbox. I've been trying to play forever and never had time to do. Um, I've watched, like, Mexican League soccer, which I have never do, but I've just had that craving, right? I've watched way too many, like, old... There, were, like, there was a marathon of uh, some great Syracuse Big East basketball tournament games that was on ESPNU on Saturday, so I watched... Uh, Jerry McNamara buzzer beater. I watched the six overtime game. So, wow. so I had a, I had a good well, little I, run of college basketball. Even David, I have to tell you, I have to, I have to uh, make a, a shameless admission here. I, I uh, or shameful. I'm not sure. I, I threw out uh, my Syracuse football media guide that I've been saving for you <laughs> all season. Uh, oh well. All season. <laughs> I said I'm going to give this to David. I'm going to give this, and then I said forget it. Well, I threw it out, so I, I apologize. That's uh, fine. I'll, I'll survive. Um, <laughs> you want to talk some actual football, though? Sure, I would love to. Um, so we last talked after, I think it was the third spring practice. I was up in uh, Lakeland. You were obviously had been down in Coral Gables. And they went on spring break, so we were like, all right, well, we'll take a week off pretty much. And then, um, of course, the world kind of changed a lot <laughs> um, at the end of last week. Um, and yeah. Miami weirdly had like their four most important days of the year, uh, two weeks ago when they got to host, hold four of their spring practices. Um, obviously a lot of the country did not get that opportunity. I, I think Florida was supposed to start today. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, March 16th. Um, I, I know a lot of the SEC hadn't gotten to any of it. Um, I think Florida state had gotten out there, but, um, yeah, I mean, they got more out of four practices than you could probably ever get out of uh, four practices, it kind of feels like. I, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I, I think those four days, um, if, if you're going to break it up, David, by, you know, offense, defense, special teams kind of thing, I, I think, in my, this is just my opinion, of course, you know, unless something totally unforeseen happens, that this quarterback competition has already been won by D.R. King. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it only took four days to cement his status. Uh, I think that was that's pretty clear now. Um, and no matter what the coaches say, and yeah. again, you know, it's just, let's just hope. I'm knocking on wood here. You know, nothing, nothing happens to Dare King, is, you know, as far as injuries or whatever. But otherwise, I think it's his, his position to lose. Um, I mean, we all thought that, but I, those four days, cemented that right I mean, and, and it makes it easy it makes it you know it would have been hard for them let's say they hadn't had those four practices at all like if, if they had you know if they were supposed to start today 
you still would have right. gone into the fall with that little bit of wondering, is this guy all he's cracked up to be? Um, yep. And now you at least have that confidence where you're like, all right, we have our guy, even if we're not going to name him the starting quarterback. Um, you know, 100%. We, we have our guy. That's exactly, exactly how I feel. So if not anything else, that was huge. Four days, huge. Um, and, then, and then as far as the other parts of the offense, we talked a little about the receivers. They know some of they they've had a lot of early enrollees, right? But they yeah. they, they know, uh, you know, Mike Carley had talked about uh, Keyshawn Smith, priest from San Diego, and Harley Nick has nicknamed everybody's calling him, I guess, the baby because he looks like, like the rapper. rapper. Yep. All right, and uh, he said he, he said he's fast. And to Zaylin Warsham, who we you know from Birmingham. Uh, Harley also said he's quick on his feet, and, and I watched him, and, and, you know, they included him in some first-team drills, and he, uh, you know, he, he, he runs good routes, and uh, he looks good, and uh, the Deerfield Beach's Xavier Restrepo, he's already being nicknamed X, is, uh, or maybe he has all along. You yeah, I think he's always been X, because he's Xavier, X, so, X. yeah. I love that. He's the X Factor. Anyway, he's playing in the slot, and uh, and Harley said he reminds him of Braxton Berrios a lot. He's a, you know the former UM star receiver, and yep. he's very tough. He said. Um, and then the, the other kid we talked about, Michael Redding the uh, third, an early enroll early enrollee. He's wearing a cast um, on his arm, but and his wrist. But uh, he's you know I watched him, and he's really working hard on his own, doing mm-hmm. imaginary routes and with no ball in his hands, but like really going hard and intense. Um, so that is a real good sign. And and like I said before, Jeremiah Payton. Um, yeah, I he looked like a potential gonna... breakout star. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, and then there's the other guys we know already, Harley and. Uh, and Pope. Yeah, and, um, Wiggins. So, and, yep. and then the, the running backs, uh, DJ Dallas is gone, Don Chaney's out after shoulder surgery, Robert Burns, they're very happy with, he's a redshirt junior, um, you know, he's he's tough, and uh, and Jalen Knighton, another Deerfield Peach guy, yep. is running very, running very tough, and I, Manny Diaz said that, I think they're they're very uh, pleased with him, and we did talk. I think let our last podcast we talked about Michael Urban, right? Did yeah, I think it was the day they announced he was transferring. So, yeah, but I think they're okay. I th- and I, and but 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 since we did our last podcast, Manny Diaz did tell us that. I mean, he did confirm what we pretty much knew, but he, they never announced it that Brevin Jordan um, had surgery on his ankle. And that he's rehabbing because we saw him that last day, that Friday, the last day that we did. You saw practice, yep. We saw him in the indoor facility while we were doing our interviews. He was throwing the ball back and forth with Bubba Bolden, who also had, I think he had ankle surgery, right? Mm -hmm. So they were, and they were former teammates, right? At Bishop Gorman? Uh, Yeah, yep. Yeah, so they were they were um, they were passing the ball together, and so we you know so anyway the tight ends look good with Will Mallory and the the youngest kid Dominic Mamarelli out of Naples High looks really good. 
and uh, Larry Hodges out of Tampa. Jesuit, who's a redshirt freshman and had two catches for two touchdowns. But they all look good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of so, the big thing, it feels like, is, is they... You know, they have so many of these freshmen getting in, and, and obviously they're not going to be as far along as uh, Miami had probably hoped, obviously. Um, but they've at least gotten a chance to look at all them. Just having that little bit of uh, film, you know, even if it's just four days for, for the position coaches to watch, it helps to just, like, know what you have. They, the coaches know what they have now um, in a way that yeah. they would never have just based on... Um, you know, if they hadn't gotten these practices in. And remember, they also, I know it was only four days, but that was, four, you know, Lash, Rhett Lashley, the new offensive coordinator, you know, trying to teach this offense. Um, I, I, so at least they they did it, and they're young, you know? They're, they're hopefully going to remember a lot of it. Right. Um, and they'll have it on film. Yeah, and, and importantly, they got a couple days of install, right? Like, you got four yeah. days out of the way. Like with a new offensive coordinator, you got four days out of the way that you, I mean, you don't have to worry and, about as much in the uh, fall. Yeah, and they did some, you know, going over to the defense, they did do some live tackling that last day. Yeah. So, uh, so that was good. Um, I think basically the, the interesting thing about the defense was that uh, they, they love the offense. At least that's what they're saying. Right. But they really – Seem more, they do seem more engaged, you know, mm-hmm. in practice. Um, uh, it's not just the offense that's energetic. The whole it affects the, the whole team because the defense now has to go against a whole, totally another new kind of offense. Right. And uh, I guess we talked to Al Blades, the cornerback and linebacker Zach McLeod, and safety Amari Carter, and defensive end Greg Rousseau. Um, and the new defensive end, um, Quincy Roche, who transferred from Temple. But the other guys are very complimentary and kind of excited about the offense um, because they they have to be on point, man. They yeah. really have to focus. They have to focus every second, every play. Um, yeah, they, they learn. It feels like the biggest thing is just they learned about themselves in a way that, you know, considering there was so much change – it is going to just help their way they think about this team going into the this long hiatus, right? Like, yeah, you didn't learn the offense probably the way you wanted to, that you didn't figure out who all your starters are going to be in the way you would have if you had 15 full practices, but you at least learned what you have. You learned um, what practice True. is going to be like going into the fall, and you learned um, exactly. kind of what you still have to learn. You learned what you still need to yeah. learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and Al Blades Jr., uh, you know, the cornerback, 
I thought said something really insightful. He said, um, "Where he talked about that with Dan Enos, the last offensive, the former offensive coordinator mm-hmm. last year, that the offense encompassed. He said a lot of motioning, a lot of moving and thinking. But he said now that it's so fast that it's taking kind of taking away the process of thinking. Now he says you just have to." Just know it, think fast, and play calm was what he said, which was yeah. really interesting. Um, yeah, and then the other, the other, as far as the younger kids, the redshirt freshman uh, defensive tackle, Jalar Holly, and Jared Harrison Hunt um, were very tough to block uh, that first week, and you know Holly was getting first team reps, and and I think because they're both doing so well. Uh, former defensive tackle Jason Plissett, who was a very highly rated defensive tackle, yeah. right? Yeah. Out of us. Right. He, they slid out him over to end. West. He's kind of a good, good okay. athlete. I, I think we talked about this last time we recorded. Like, he was a running back in high yeah, school, too. Did. So he's got that yep. quick twitch ability that those other guys don't that yep. kind of lends him to being able to make that change in a way that Holly um, and Harrison Hunt yeah. probably just can't. And he was, he was an edge rusher, right? For part of his, a lot of his senior season. Yeah, I think so. he played some man, played some tech. He's a little undersized. Like, you know, he's he's thick, but he's a little shorter. And, um, right. Yeah, he's, those, Holly and Harrison Hunt, I don't know if you've, like, stood near them, like, other than, like, seeing them <laughs> on the practice field. Like, I, I remember talking to them at Media Day. They're both giant. Like, they're. Well, Jalar, well here's the thing. You're, Holly, they have Jalar Holly listed as 6'2 and 285 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have Jason Bosset at six four. I don't know. I mean, whatever they have, interesting. You always have to. Yeah, Holly. Holly's like yeah. a, a nose guard kind of type of guy. Like he's he's, you know, he's not the not going to be your like that downhill pass rusher that like Miami has had a lot of these defensive tackles play like. Right. Um. So what? What well, do you just? What I don't know. Any oh, like big well, picture takeaway from the defense? Like what's What's kind of the biggest thing you feel like you learned from that side of the ball? Um, just that what I'm saying is they're they, they're more focused. Yeah. Um, they're even um, when we talk about the defense, it's about the offense, right? Like. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's true. It right? is, yeah. chance to start thinking like that's that's the thing we saw but yeah yeah, but we didn't we didn't i'm telling you they were some of them were far away the dbs are closer to us but it was the the offense that's kind of interesting and um and yeah and then the the other thing the other part of the game is special teams Mm -hmm. and um 
I mean, we didn't see really people returning kicks or anything like that. Yeah. But, um, but uh, you know, that's another totally positive area yeah. now. Because um, now you have, uh, you, have, you have your punter, you knew, Lou Headley from the Australian. Um, and you have your kicker, okay, Jose Borgales. Uh, he, you know, Lou Headley had to tell us that he was actually competing with Camden Price, you know, for the mm-hmm. kicking job. But, I mean, I think, I think, I'm not, he said they were both doing really well. And yeah. They both had, they had kind of made all their kicks when they were supposed to in practice. But I think, I think Jose Borgales, I would pretty much assume, is going to be the guy. Uh, and the, uh, the graduate transfer and uh, killed UM, I should say. And, um, and Headley, the, Headley, Lewis Headley told us that he lost, I think, 16 pounds and uh, that he was feeling really good and in really good shape. And we joked about him, you know, uh, you know, running back, doing fake punts uh-huh. like he did, uh, like he did against. Duke, 21 yards, he ran for, but he, he's going to be even faster now, um, and uh, he's, a, you know, he's feeling, Headley's feeling good, he, he said that he's, he got together with the nutritionist, Kyle Bellamy from UM, and Feely, co- uh, Coach David Feely, who's the strength and conditioning yep. coach, and he got a dietary plan going, he dropped 16 pounds, he said he's feeling healthier, healthier excuse me, he's lifting more, more weight, um, and yeah, and that's it. And Borgales, you just gotta hope, my God, after what they went through last year, you know. And Borgales said he's kicking sixty yarders, mm-hmm. um, and you know. So we asked Headley. He said, "Yep, that he's he sure is." And also Headley now is hold, the holder. Was Jack Spicer gone? Oh yeah. No, Lou Headley now is going to be holding, and he likes that. He's All right, so I mentioned earlier, I have a, I found a list, I think, on, uh, on CBSSports.com. They listed everyone's uh, scheduled practice, spring practice start day, spring game, all that kind of stuff. Um, kind of interesting that in the ACC, actually, only th- two schools, maybe three. I'm not sure. They have Virginia listed as TBA, but only two schools had not started spring practice. And I, I assume that means Virginia had not started if it was still listed as TBA, because obviously if it had, they would have had the date. Um which, you know, most of the ACC got kind of similar work to Miami, but notably the, the three, I'm going to count Virginia on this, that did not are North Carolina, Virginia, and Virginia Tech, who are probably Miami's three biggest division challengers right now. So, like, they, they've got a leg up on those three, and um, obviously that's important because of how much change has happened. You know, those schools – are pretty intact at the coaching staff level. Obviously, Matt going into year two, Bronco going into year four, I think, and Fuente the same. So, um, you know, it helps Manny going into year two, obviously, also. But um, they needed those every extra day they could get with those three teams that are going to be the, you know, probably the three biggest challengers. Definitely helps. Yeah, don't you think, though, that I, I just – I can't believe that any other program is going to let if, – if they didn't start, they're going to want some kind of compensation – not not 
they're going to want some kind of compensation as far as extra practice days or something. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do, and it also is going to depend how long this lasts, right? Like, if, you know, they put out this 60-day, the CDC put out this 60-day limit to 50, you know, no no gatherings bigger than 50 (laughs) people, and... Right. You know, that takes us into mid-May, and, and that, obviously that's an optimistic outlook, or they would have, you know, they're going to put out the more optimistic one and extend it as need be. Um, you know, if, they, if we're not done with this, you know, if we can't get back into these big gatherings until, um, I don't know, like mid-July, how does this change things? Cause like, yeah, because, because remember, they, they could still be, because the, the summer classes start like in June yeah. or May. Actually, yeah. Excuse me. Remember, the high school kids are missing school too. Yeah. I don't know. Or I think they are. I don't know. I, it can't be the same. So there's going to be some. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming up. Now and a football practice. Hard. You know, it's not like you know you can do a basketball practice with less than fifty people. You cannot do a football practice with less than fifty. You know, college rosters are a hundred kids usually about, yeah. plus that? all the support yeah, staff, the doctors, yeah. trainers, like. They're not small exactly. gatherings, football practices. Exactly. Coaches, right, trainers. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, and like, you, a lot of the SEC, like Florida, like I said, I think was supposed to start today. Auburn was supposed to start today. Um, LSU, LSU spread. They were three hours away from starting practice when they canceled it. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of schools um, did not get to get what Miami got, and – like I said, just with as much as you know, had, was changing for them this um, this off season. That that obviously is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, can you imagine if they got nothing in? Oh. Yeah. So I, but you, you know. So I mean. I mean, obviously, and fifteen would have been better than four still, because like yeah, I said, yeah, you, like. You like I said, the, a lot of these schools they're competing with did not change their entire offense or, you know, did not go through exactly. the level of turmoil Miami did. So, you know, 15 would have been better than four, but four is better than one, and one is better than zero. Like, you know, every right, little bit you is, can get this this time with this situation we're all facing um, is huge. Yeah, and Miami, you know, what did – what did it's kind of interesting you brought this up to me uh, as far as what did Miami miss out on yeah well, yeah they missed the same for the same reason that it was so great to have the four days it's so bad that they, they don't have the other <laughs> yeah. 11 to see how they actually do with the how they I mean the scrimmages they yeah. miss out on three scrimmages right yeah, and that one, is... one is a sprint game where you're in front of um, you're in front of fans. Mm-hmm. And you're doing all that stuff in front of fans, especially the early and road, the new kids and whatever, to see how they are under that kind of pressure and people cheering and booing or whatever the hell they do. That 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 was big that they missed out on that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think mostly again, what you lose is just every extra practice you can get to figure out the offense, right? Like just to, yeah. to know what you're doing out there so you're not lost the first yeah. time you get out there for practice. And, and they won't be totally lost, obviously, because they got four days of install. But, um, you know, they're going to have a long way to go once we get out on the field. Yep, agree. 
And and then just like position battles and stuff. Like weirdly, like for some of these guys, you know, like we were thinking Don Chaney's going to be behind Jalen Knight, like he or Michael Redding's going to be behind all these other young receivers. Um, right. It, it kind of evens the playing field for guys like that, um, where you know they're not too as far behind as they could have been. Um, ultimately, for the detriment of the team as a whole, but. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of unsettled competitions once we get out to practice, um, whenever we get out to practice again. Yeah, I, 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 and I don't, like now, I just don't, I'm not sure of anything. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm expecting... Practice, I mean, are we, and by the way, are we going to get out to practice? I mean, I don't, right now, I'm not taking anything for granted. I'm not taking anything, zero. Oh, yeah, so I mean, I... I, I would be surprised if there's not some sort of football season in the fall, but how it is, how what it looks like. I mean, if there's no fans all season or until yeah, you know, the end good of, point actually. Like, but if there are no fans, and there might be, but I, I can't even see them playing now. Uh, I, I'm not talking about. I'm saying if there are no fans, I can't even see them playing with no fans because, as we've seen, and I'm telling you. Like we're recording this on one day, but you know every day there's so many more cases of uh, the coronavirus, and you know, and people testing positive. That there's so many more that, um, and and athletes now yeah. are being discovered. That I I can't. Well, let's just see what happens. You know, time's going to tell all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, it sounds like the peak of this is going to be, what, like July-ish, August, I think, is kind of what's been reported. So it definitely seems like it could, like, halt the beginning of the season to some degree. Um, but theoretically, right. I guess it, it will have started to um, die off a little bit by the time we would really, like, be getting into the, the swing of the season. So that's well, why I kind of feel like we're going to get something next in the fall, but it's not going to be normal, certainly. I don't think anything's yeah, going to be normal for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah, me neither. So I'm not making any predictions at all. I just, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, anything else you want to hit on? I guess recruiting-wise, they, they went into a dead period, which means they can still basically uh, call and text and everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to hurt a lot of these rising seniors, particularly the kids who don't have a lot of offers yet because the spring evaluation period, which – you know, is April pretty much like when coaches go out to all these spring practices and watch kids and talk to coaches and kids have transferred uh-huh. and gotten more exposure. Like it's you, that it's not going to exist anymore in all likelihood. Um, it's going to be, you know, I, I think I've seen Ohio state has gotten now three commitments in the last like 48 hours. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point here we start getting a lot of commitments because, um, you kind of want to lock in your spot when it's so uncertain, but but they can still recruit. Yep. You know, you're still seeing guys calling and texting and FaceTiming and everything. So when they say dead period, it doesn't mean no no contact at all. It just means nothing uh, in person. Just just like the rest of our world, right? Like nothing in person. Yep, nothing in person, and you know, and and there's no reason to think that they're going to be here. Um, and I guess we no, should I'm talk about sure baseball just really quickly because that is they're out of every team here in South Florida that's in a weird spot. Um, that's the team I feel worst for, the Miami baseball team. 
Yeah, me too. I know they were, yes, I know, I know all the gators sending me, you know, making fun of the, I, I sent out a tweet saying I really feel bad for Gino, Damari, uh-huh. the coach, coach, and, uh, and the team because they, you know, they really had a nice start to the season. Yes, I know they lost two out of three to Florida. Three out of three. But, um. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Gators. <laughs> three out of three. Okay, um, anyway. Um, yeah, they were number five in the country. <laughs> like. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hear about this. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah I, I do feel bad for them because they, you know, they were definitely on the up. Yeah, they were number and, five uh, in the country. Brian Van Bell was looking like one of like the great stories in college baseball. Who knows if you know he'll have the opportunity to come back, but I don't know. Like if he gets drafted, I mean he's not going to come back, and they've got all these other pitchers, um, McMahon, Sacconi, yeah. like those guys are going to be early round picks. They're not coming back. So like, um, yeah. The reason this team was supposed to be great this year was because of all those pitchers, and and you just never really got to see them, uh, you know, pitch deep into the season, pitch in big games, and they would have been been fun to follow through the summer, and um, obviously oh, really now, fun. I yeah. mean, who I. Love covering, uh, you know, college baseball games are fun. They might last forever, but they're fun. Yeah. And uh, the atmosphere and the World Series, the College World Series and all that good stuff. I can't believe that's canceled too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I drove past the stadium the other day and was like, huh, I wonder if there's a uh, Mark Light Shake is open. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, and I think Gino. I well, I think the good thing is they played. They did enough to show that they really, you know, they really had a nice team, and and Gino's done done. I think a very good job, great job. Yeah. Um, and his coaching staff, really good coaching staff. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of that's kind of sad for them. But you know, better than if they started out again. It's better than if they started out poorly, and we're like, what? This isn't the team we thought, right? Yeah, and they and never had a chance to get it back on track. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the good thing is it's it's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. All right. Um, I think we can wrap up there. Um, we could talk about college basketball, but Miami was pretty much irrelevant this year. So um, <laughs> it's weird to not have the NCAA tournament around, but not for work purposes just because uh, I would like to be thinking about college basketball right now. Understand, yeah. and I would be well, not yet, but soon enough covering tennis. Oh yeah, the Miami so, Open will be right around the corner. I mean, yeah, I was I was yeah, supposed to be so, getting ready to go to NASCAR next weekend at the uh, the Homestead Miami races, um, and for a minute it looked like they were going to run them with no fans, which would have been kind of cool to see. But um, obviously, that's not happening now either. Um, yeah, you can't do it. This yeah. thing is a lot more. Yeah, it just took, it clearly took everyone. You know, we should have been, we should have known it was coming and uh, prepared. And and that's, I don't even mean that from a political standpoint. Although I I do also, but just like no one was prepared. No one, um, as a human, as humans, we have a hard time envisioning anything like this catastrophic, basically. And yep. it just like took yep. us all by surprise. So. Yep. All right. Well, they say- yeah, um, you can follow Susan on Twitter at smillerdegnan. Um, working on coronavirus stuff, but nothing you can specify yet, right? Uh, no, we're just we're just 
taking it day by day and, and you know, and, uh, and seeing, you know, what the news is and what we need to be doing to get ahead of, uh, ahead of the news. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but we'll be back, David. We'll 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 be back soon enough. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter uh, at db wilson too. Um, still doing this podcast. Still doing our Heat podcast with uh, Anthony Chang. Um, so be sure to listen to that. Um, we should have an interesting, cool episode I think coming this week. Um, TBD, but I feel pretty good about it. Um, I'm also I'm also going to write uh, something about esports this week. Uh, there is a one Flo- one Miami team still playing the uh, the Florida Mayhem Overwatch League team, so I'll, I'll be writing about them at some point in the next wow, week or two. I can't so. wait to read that. So, um, yeah, just we'll we'll be back next week probably. You know, who knows? Obviously, but um, we want to keep recording this. We want to keep talking about whatever. You know, we're hopefully have more news every week and more kind of fun random stuff we can talk about. So, uh, we will uh, talk to you all next week. Yeah, feel free to email us suggestions. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll do like a big mailbag at some point. You know, not even just about yeah, this season, fun. like just Miami stuff in general. So, yeah, well, we've got some I ideas. Like we'll, we'll we'll brainstorm off off Mike. Yeah, we have some some stuff coming up. All right, all right, David, take care. Be well. Yep, you too. Okay, bye, Mike.